On this edition of the Essendon Big Footy Podcast, I'm joined by F-Dog and Hurt is my hero as we preview the Carlton game and we provide our analysis on the charges against Essendon. All that and more on this edition of the Essendon Big Footy Podcast. Yes, welcome everyone to this edition of the Bigfooty Essendon Podcast. As always, I am the Prosecutor, and joining me this week we have F-Dog. Welcome to UF. What's up, boys? And I have heard is my hero again. Welcome to you. Yeah, lads, how are you going? I'm going well. Um, so, as has been stated before, our agenda for night, uh, tonight looks pretty simple. We'll be looking at the Carlton game, and probably looking at ways that we won't get our asses kicked, as optimistic <laughs> as that might sound at this point. And we will also be having a look at the charges that have been dropped on the Essendon Football Club and Corcoran, Hurd, Thompson and Reed. But for now, I guess we'll get the optimistic stuff out of the way first and I'll ask you both what your highlight of the week is. I think I'll start with you, Hurd is my hero. What was your highlight of the footballing week? Uh, highlight of the week was pretty much Hurdy just telling the uh, the AFL to get stuffed. I think it was um, it's been a long time coming. I'm not entirely sure how the entire thing will play out, but seeing um, him come out and just pretty much be relentless in his words, seeing Hurdy get really fired up was just fantastic to see for me. And you, F? Um, it's really hard to find a positive this week. Uh, probably the fact that. Two of our biggest rivals lost this week in um, Collingwood and Richmond. Yeah, it's, the, a, it's always a pleasant week when they lose, isn't it? Yeah, but on the flip side, it was Hawthorne and uh, Carlton who beat them, so that's a bit of a negative. Also, I'll add to the negative that um, if we're finding joy from other teams losing, we really are becoming North Melbourne, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> difference is, I'm not a, uh, I'm, I'm not into the media. I don't own my website and edit everything. Oh well, once you start quoting yourself on Twitter, that's when you know you're in trouble. <laughs> in any case, we'll get on to the Carlton game. And after, uh, uh, what was a shocking loss on the weekend to North Melbourne? Uh, what, what particularly needs to change from that game to this game? And I guess from the previous four weeks, is there any one issue that you see that needs changing or? Is it a more broad mindset issue? Uh, I'll start with you, F. I think there's two things. Like, our effort and attitude on the weekend I thought was excellent too. And, but two things that stood out to me were, one, we turned the ball over so many times. It wasn't funny. And two, we couldn't... uh, we were missing fairly simple shots at three-quarter time, I think, it was 13-10 to 6-12. If you flip that, we're right in the game, and uh, yeah. Yep, and what about you, Heard is My Hero? Was there anything that really stood out to you? Um, obviously, what Ethan said was this, the, um, the horrible sort of turnovers that we were getting everywhere. As soon as, even across half-back, um, trying to get the ball going forwards and everything, trying to to do flare, flare little handballs, which 
you know, it worked at the start of the year when we were playing really exciting footy and no one kept up with, kept up with us. But watching them try and do it now with the mindset the boys have got is horribly hard to watch. Um, watching them just try to go as little fancy handballs, looking away and everything, missing it completely or getting, you know, to the guy far too quickly so he's dropping it. Um, watching that is something... It's just frustrating as hell to watch. And also, um, probably those simple shots as well. Um, goal kicking hasn't been an issue too much for us through this year. There's a little patch in the middle there. It was a real issue. We had to have a look at it. It improved slightly, probably because we were... Um, well, the ratio improved slightly because we were hardly getting any shots on goal in. Um, but, yeah, that as well was probably just something that we really needed to have a look at. That's That's a very basic sort of skill that you need in the game of Australian rules football, and for us to be missing shots like that is um, it's extremely frustrating, especially for people who are well, players who are meant to be you know, proper forwards. Well, we all do love a scapegoat, so do any of you see any players that need to go out for this weekend or any that really need to come in to help boost this side? Uh, I guess Herb, my hero, do you want to keep going? Um, I don't think it's too much of a personnel issue. Um, I think there's a few players there who's obviously... They've been affected by what's going on. Um, I think David Zaharaka's confidence is shot. Uh, he doesn't look like half the player he was at the start of the year. Um, really struggling. I don't know why that is. Could be a could be a little small niggling injury. I'm not entirely certain. Um, I there's a couple of players there who I don't think they're going to be at Essendon next year. Um, I I'm not sure about Stuart Cramery. He um, he just he just doesn't do enough. For me, at this point in time, I'm not sure if it's again the same sort of thing. What's going on as to what's going on with um, Asada and everything? But he just doesn't appear to care at this point in time. Um, the sort of the ferocity and everything that we saw in his first couple of years at Essendon is just gone. He's a shadow of the player he was. I think that's something that needs to be either addressed or um, actually, it just needs to be addressed. Something needs to be done about it. Yep, F. You got anything to contribute with that? Um. With Saharakis, it didn't hurt to say he had, like, uh, uh, really bad back issues or something. From memory, he said he got a hairline fracture from his clash in the Port Adelaide game, was it? Or is it the yeah, Rocks game? Yeah, that would be it, one yeah. Of, one of the two. Yeah, Zahur- yeah, so that's obviously affecting him. I think... I think Cramer, you should go. I'll be honest, uh, Cramer, is probably the most overrated player at Essendon, apart from Hurley. Uh, and I also think, um, didn't they say Connor and Bell Chambers would be forced out as well? I think they're carrying some injuries, yeah. I think um, Connor's one was disappointing. He was sent, to be, uh, sent for a scan, I think. But, you know, knowing the way that our board is at this point in time, he's probably going to be in much of the dismay of everyone. Yeah, but I I don't want Belt Chambers to miss. I think he, he, he's our leading goal scorer, for crying out loud. Sadly and enough. Yeah. yeah. And I think he, he needs to be... People are criticising him because he's being played as the first forward. He needs to be the second or third. Like... Mm, yeah. We need Hurley back this week. We need, and we should have uh, uh, either Danaher or Gumbleton plus Bell Chambers forward. 
And yeah, I also think Jed should be out for Collier, but you know. Yeah, I think there's a few players in the reserves who are kind of unlucky at the moment. I think Kavanaugh, Collier, uh, essentially those two, and players like Comer and uh, well Jetta as well have been really lucky in recent uh, recent weeks. So while you know they might be the bottom couple of players in the side, I still think that you know other players need to be given a turn, especially in um, when the season's basically shot. Let's be honest here. Yeah, but I'd also. I also like to see uh, Lockie Dalglish stay in the side. I thought he wasn't—he wasn't terrible. He was promising, if anything. Like, he, wasn't... he was very impressive. Yeah, exactly. He yeah, didn't, he didn't look overawed by the situation. So I'd like to see him stay in. I'd like to see Kavanaugh come in, and I'd also like to see Joe Danaher play out the rest of the year. So yeah, he did have a—he did play a little bit. Um... Joe Dunn, who did very well last week in terms of the efforts and everything. Goal kicking wasn't there, but you just get the feeling he's cooked. He looks tired. Yeah, but I'd argue that in the last quarter they played him on the ball and he looks um oh I won't say prolific but he he looked perhaps the best around the ground that he had looked to this point because pre- he only that. got the one hit out but it was his work as in moving around the ground as in like a cruiser type. Mm, yeah, yeah. Having said that, I don't think he's a ruckman's asshole. But, <laughs> uh, but having said that, I'm not so sure I'm buying into this tired. Um, the, I think the premise going around that he is tired, and I just like to see him stay because I mean, if he kicked those four, you know, four points straight, well, then that's a much different game. And you know, four goals, yeah. eleven touches, and I just think he's the best. He's the most. Uh, he's got the potential, the best potential in our side to yet be able to actually kick a bag of goals or even like, generate scoring oh. shots, which we seem to struggle with our forwards as it is. Very much, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'd like to see him stay in, because there's no, we've got, what, three games left at most in the season. There's, there's nothing Maybe four if we somehow manage to win a final. Oh, if, we, if we play Richmond twice in a row, we can make it four. Um, <laughs> but in any case, um, so I guess, you know, if we got the changes we wanted and all that sort of stuff, how do we actually beat Carlton? Because it's one thing... more points than them. Well... That's the basic um, gist of it, but <laughs> but I guess how do we go about doing that? How do we go about achieving that? Uh, so Carlton have been criticising a lot of playing um, with a lot of taggers and all that sort of stuff. However, they came in against Richmond on the weekend, and they, they were down by about 30 points at one stage early on in the game, and they managed to find the resolve to come back after being heavily beaten up in the press over the state of their list and state of their players. So I guess... Uh, Carlton have got some form back, and with that, they seem to have a use, uh, almost youthful tenacity. It was players like Menzel and Graham uh, and Mitch Robinson who stood up. So I guess, um, you know, who do we, like, do we tag any specific players? Um, do we have to go in with a defensive mindset? Is it our offense? Where do you see this game being won? Uh, do you want to go first, F? Yeah, I would tag Andrew Walker. Yeah, like, I think if we go head-to-head to midfield to midfield, I think we've got them covered. I'll be honest with you. Even with our few outs, they have... Their midfield is, isn't that good. Um, I would tag Andrew Walker because he's their real drive from defence, and when he's down... They tend to struggle with that in that area. So, 
Yeah, and up forward if they use Henderson, Caswalt, and Wade, I would just, uh, I would play, I wouldn't play, um, Carlisle on Wade again, I would play Carlisle on Caswalt, Hooker on Wade, because he has a good record against Wade from memory, and I guess that leaves pairs on Henderson. Yep. Which I'd be nervous about. Alright, and what about you, who's my hero? Um, first things first, you get a big heavy footy and lob it into Mick's head. Um, second, I think the, the key thing for Carlton is that their, um, their forward line last time nearly tore us a new asshole. Um, White has one good game every season, and, well, he could be two, um, and he managed to do it against us earlier in the year. Um, so, um, as, as said, I think it would probably be a really good thing for us to try and play a lockdown role on weight, whether that's um, Pears, Carlisle, Hooker, whoever. I think it would be probably beneficial for us to have um, Carlisle playing on Casbolt and having Hooker play as like the man-on-man version on um, on on weight. And if the ball is coming in a certain way, because weight's going to be their leading forward target most times, if uh, Jake can get into a position where he can play third man up and affect the contest, that would probably be working out so much better in our favour. Um, we will probably see Jake Carlisle go down forward at some point during the game, I'd suspect, um, as he did last time. He pretty much turned the game in our favour. Um, I think we need to have Jakey Melcham in the middle, like in the guts from the get-go, and just have him just go ballistic, really, because he has been, for mine, one of the best players in the, in the second half of the season. Um, I'm, he's been much maligned. I am... Completely honest in the fact that I used to really dislike him as a player. I, I never thought he would make it in the Essendon side, but he's turned it around. Good for him. Curse to him. Um, I think we need to really focus on the strengths that we've been showing over the past few weeks. So just, which isn't much. They are very few and far between. Um, Jake Melksham has been fantastic. Get him to do as much as he possibly can. Um, Jakey Carlisle has, you know, he hasn't been impressed, has impressive in the past few weeks as he has been earlier in the season, but, um, get him to play a third man role up similar to what Fletcher does. Um, that'd be about it. I think, as F said as well, just the, the midfield to midfield battle will be, um, pivotal, but if we do go head to head, then I think we have them covered. Yeah, I think, um, you raised an interesting point with having Hooker on, uh, weight. See, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't go for that. I would actually bring Hurley in and play him as a defender on weight. Because Hooker has been shown in the last few weeks to he's a next he is an excellent uh, zone defender and he is able to come in and give out the third man up and the chop out. However, as a one on one defender, especially against someone who can tear apart a game like Wait, I'd be more inclined to play Hurley down there and give and let Hooker have free reign to come in as the third man up and impact the contest in that way. Mm. But it'll be interesting to see what to do because we obviously do have our problems up forward as well. I guess the question is, do we trust uh, Danaher and Crammery to handle the bulk of our forward line work and allow Hurley to go back, or do we feel that we need Hurley up forward to kick a winning score and have to rely on Hooker in a one-on-one matchup? Mm. I think it's a good point that you raised there as well. I think um, it's, it's a good thing to have both Hurley and Carlisle as those swingman sort of thing, because the issue that I can see with that sort of play, even though it is a good play, and I think we may have an issue with Hurley just coming back from injury, Will he be confident in his movements? Because we've known before, if Hurley comes back from injury, he doesn't often have a breakout game straight away. He often 
you know, we'll struggle a little bit to get back into the pace of the game, and then we'll, a few weeks later, continue on and have a, a decent sort of game. Yeah, the problem... Definitely being injured again. Yeah, the problem with Hurley is he has his breakout game, which is um, sort of a silver lining. He has, he has a, you know, he breaks out the game, and he also breaks his damn wrist every time. Mm. So, um, it, and he does take a lot of time to work back into it, so it's not going to happen straight away. But, I mean, he has shown a, um, he has shown a long time... He's got a habit of coming into the side and being able to play as a defender straight away. However, mm. in that unnatural position as a forward, he seems to take his time to get up on it. Yeah, you're right, yep. Yeah. Anyway, so um, oh, I guess we'll move on to a prediction, really, because there's not much we can say about the Carlson game except cross our fingers and hope for the best. So, mm. um, Herb, what's your um, prediction for the match? Uh, I will be there and I will be screaming loud and proud, but I honestly can't see... Um, our boys getting up for this one after the week, like what we've just had. We might have a steering sort of win against against the big rivals and everything, and the emotional outpouring after that game will probably be the best thing that any of us will experience for a long time. But I just can't see it happening, and I'm tipping Carlton by 22 points. F? I'm going to go the opposite direction. I reckon <laughs> there's nothing better than to Carlton... I think they're going to make finals now. What? How much better would it be to just bury that dream? I reckon the boys will be fired up and wanting to beat Carlton to destroy their hope of finals. So well, I reckon. Well, just yeah, just on that point, if Essendon do win on the weekend, then Carlton's season is over pending any Asada investigation or AFL charges. So mathematically, would be ruining their chances if we do win. However, obviously there's external influences at play, so they might try and cling on to ninth. Yeah, but yeah, I reckon we'll get up by fifteen points. Unfortunately, I share the cynicism of uh, Hurd is my hero, and I'm thinking Carlton by 78 points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think this season is shot. I I just don't think they have the effort in them. And I said during on the um, I said on the game day thread last week with the uh, North Melbourne game when Job was trying to rally the troops and Goddard was as well. It, it was at that point where we were either going to respond and try and turn our season around, or it was gone. And I think we all saw what happened, and I just can't see. I think we might fight for a quarter, maybe two, but I think we're just going to get run over in the end. So, Carlton by 78, unfortunately. But I will be there too. Um, I hope you are too F with the tanked meeting. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be at the game. Oh. At least we'll be drunk. Exactly. Exactly. And if not, if you're not drinking and going to the... Um, Go to the tape meeting, get along, have a good day, meet some of the Essendon posters. At least you can hang your hat on that. Mm. But in any case, uh, we'll wrap up our game preview there. Um, and before we get on to the AFL charges, here is a bit of a news update on where the charges stand. The AFL on Wednesday made public the notice of charges, which formed the basis of why Essendon was charged for bringing the game into disrepute. The 34-page document contains 135 points, which the AFL believes justifies the charges laid upon Essendon. Some of the more pertinent points in the charges include the allegation that Vimerson Beta 4 was used by the players, that, along with a mystery drug source from Mexico, and that Haraxalin was used by several members of staff, make up the most concerning of the points found in the document. 
Club chairman Paul Little and coach James Hurd vigorously deny many of the charges, believing that the release of the document was an AFL ambush and that the club had lost faith in the AFL executive to handle the saga. A commission hearing is still scheduled for Monday, where it appears likely that Essendon will accept a deal whereby the club loses its points for 2013, receives a $1.5 million fine, keeps its draft picks, and James Hurd and Danny Corcoran would accept a ban of no more than 12 months, while the fate of Dr. Bruce Reed and Mark Thompson remain unclear. So, after hearing those charges, boys, uh, what, what are your reactions to that? Uh, are you shocked, appalled, or do you think that there's nothing in them and it's just the AFL grandstanding? Uh, Hurd, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, um, honestly, wasn't too shocked, um, when I saw the charges, um, put out before us. I didn't expect too much else. I, obviously the, uh, the sort of inclusion of the Thalmosin Beta 4 was a bit of a, a bit of a rough one for me. Um, I didn't see too much that I didn't expect. Um, aside from, um, the Thalmosin thing, it seemed pretty clear cut to me. I think there's some dodgy stuff that's gone on in the club and obviously there will be, um, some punishment handed down in some form, but the Thalmosin thing with those, uh, text messages from Stephen Dank, um, really got me slightly concerned. Um, I think you're not, you wouldn't really be too much of an Essendon follower if you weren't concerned by that sort of thing. Um, seeing what's gone on at our club and hearing that sort of stuff does not fill you with, uh, utmost confidence. Um, but look, I've said it the entire way through and I'll say it again now. You've got to stand by the club in the situation. Obviously they know what they're doing, um, in the best sort of way they can. Um, seeing, Thalmosin on that sort of list with the, the Mexican rail that was mentioned. Um, it, it does make you wonder about what's happened at the club and, and who in particular has messed it all up. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, it's just a matter of, uh, of patience now and hopefully true justice, like natural justice, can be served. Yep. F, what were your reactions to the charges? <sighs> Honestly, I wasn't surprised either. Like, ever since the start of August, I thought it was just a matter of time before this stuff came out, and it has, and I say get it over and done with quickly, get, make sure that, make sure that, get the charges out of the way, and, you know, play football next year, hopefully. Strip us of all points if it's necessary. Take away graphics if it's necessary. I just want it done. Yeah, no doubt. And I think uh, the longer it lingers on, the more harm it does. So I guess, where where to from here, really? Um, Do we continue to fight the charges? Do we negotiate a deal with the AFL? Or... Where do you want to see this go? F, do you want to follow up on that? <clears throat> I think we need to negotiate. I mean, we're going to get... We're going to get either... We might get both stripping of draft picks, losing of all points, and to cop a massive fine. I want us to restrict it to two of those options. Either, uh, and uh, one of them has to be the fine. I, w- 
I can cop the five million dollar fine, or whatever it'll be, <laughs> and one of the stripping of points here and draft picks. If we continue to fight it, I reckon it, once we're fa- if we're found guilty, they'll whack all three of us, and yeah. Yep, heard. Um, I'd like to see us fight the good fight. Um, but look, let's all be honest. Let's face the music here. The longer this drags on, the worse people are going to be suffering for it. Um, the simple fact of the matter is, it's not just about football. It hasn't been for a long time. Um, this is now families and people's lives being destroyed by what's happening. Um, I do believe that James Head's on the right. Obviously, username comes into effect there. I um, I have not ever been one to um to see Essendon in a bad light. That's not going to change. For us, I think we have to fight as much as we can, but that that being said, it needs to be done soon, and um, I honestly don't see it happening. I think we need to try and do whatever we can to shorten the amount of time this will take, but um, I think we're probably just... It's probably just starting, like, right now at this point in time. I think we're just at the start of what's going to be unravelling here. The consequences are going to be felt through the Essendon Football Club for a long, long time yet. I don't think the AFL is going to look too kindly upon this whatsoever. Um, that's the thing that's got me worried, is the future. Um, I don't think they can strip points for 2014. I think that's a ludicrous assertion. Um, 2013, I wouldn't be so, you know, I, I wouldn't be concerned with. I think it's not quite an admission of guilt, more so. That really doesn't affect anything at this point in time because I don't see us being competitive in the finals whatsoever. I think we need to try and just at least control what's happening. Um, accept some punishments and everything. Make sure there's, I, I think, the issue now for me is that the individuals who are involved are the ones who, like, they're the ones at this point in time who care the most about it. Everyone else at this point in time is just over it, completely over it. I want to see James Hurd's name cleared as much as the next person, but if it's going to be, if it's going to involve this taking an extra couple of months, then it's just going to add on more frustration. I'm just, yeah, just sick of it. Yeah, no doubt. And I think you make a very good point with, um, if, if this keeps on going, that the damage is just going to be more than it's going to be if we just accept the deal now. Mm. And while I have no problem with Essendon or any team taking on the AFL, the, the important thing is you've got to pick your fights. And on this one, I don't think we've uh, picked our fight well. Because as it stands, it just seems like it's a it's an ego fight, if anything, rather than an actual you know fight based on a genuine principle or you know something with a genuine outcome expected. So anyway, James Hurd can hold on to his position at Essendon because, I mean, it's all well and good. He could be innocent. You know, it's unlikely to be completely innocent. However, the fact remains that he's hired at Essendon as the senior coach and for the last, you know, for the last however long it's been and, and for the near future and maybe even the long-term future, I just don't see how he can do his job effectively while fighting AFL in, you know, in his other time. And let's, let, and let's be honest, it's not in his spare time. You know, like we've seen recently where he hasn't been in a training, like he hasn't been taking training because he's been off, you know, dealing with um, the AFL or engaging with his lawyers. And mm. the fact is he's hired as a senior coach to coach the football club. And if he can't do that, if he can't give 100% of his time to doing that, then I just don't think he should be there. 
Yeah. You just imagine the reaction from the general public. If he decides to step down for a little bit, you just imagine what's going to happen. Oh, he, he can't win. He cannot win. Yeah, that's the issue, I think. Even if he does win the court case, in the long term, there's no winners that can come out of this. Look, the AFL's messed up. James Hurd's messed up. The Aston Football Club is messed up pretty badly. I think we can all agree on that. But, um, uh, yeah, in, in the long run, this is going to affect a lot of people for a long time. Um, it's already affecting people. Like we even saw with David Evans, obviously, with a, with a, um, a health worry um, throughout this entire thing. It's just... Yeah, I've just had enough of it. It's just driving me crazy. So I think we just need to um, control things as best we can. If that involves Jimmy um, stepping down for a little bit, just as a, a sort of temporary thing, I'm okay with that. Um, but I think in the long run, he needs to be the coach of the Essendon Football Club. That's, you know, Essendon Football Club's his home. It has been for, like, since 1992, since prior to that. Um, he's always been an Essendon man, and I think he deserves the utmost respect from us um, and also from... The general AFL community for the way he's handled this, the way he's handled himself that this entire investigation has been nothing sort of stellar, nothing short of stellar. I think the fact that he's remained, he's remained silent, he has not given the media anything to go on. He's done, he's respected due process, which is something that hasn't been, you know, too prevalent throughout this entire ordeal. I think is um, a major sort of thing for us to focus on. Um, I'm rounding a little, but really, the thing is, we need to support. Um, a great of our club at this point in time, and he needs to support himself. If he needs to step down, so be it. Yeah, look, I put it this way: um, it's all about mitigating losses at the moment. Mm. It, you know, there's not going to be any winners out of this, as much as anyone. There's only the um, the most, well, the most core AFL supporters who, as in, you know, your door of promotions and your um. Your other supporters who get off on this sort of thing, they're, they're going to be the only winners out of this, and even still, their club's not going to win out of it. And mm. what, when it comes to Hurd, um, in standing by the club, I must admit, I've lost all faith in Paul Little. I think we're going, I think we've gone down the wrong, wrong course here. And it's all well, it's all well and good to, as I said before, it's all well and good to, um, fight City Hall if you've picked your fight. However, I don't think we've picked our flight here. I really don't. And I think the long-term repercussions of this are going to be huge. I mean, for instance, you know, we could lose Herd, we could lose the other three, uh, and then that's and that's not... We could lose our points, we could lose draft picks. Obviously, fine, and that's just not the end of it as well. From there, we could also... The AFL can really screw us over. Obviously, they have full control over the fixture. Um... You know, time slots, uh, teams we play, where we play. Um, yep. There's a lot that they can do for us and uh, do to us. And that's just one of those things that you've got to be wary of as well. And I just, I really think we've gone down the wrong course here. And I think Paul Little at the end of this does have to go. Or even, or even soon, because while he might be fantastic to have on the board... I just don't think his attitude and mindset towards dealing with this crisis is what we need at this point in time. Yeah. It's all opinion, isn't it? I mean, I, I personally, I admire the way he's gone on the attack. It's something we haven't done for a long time. Well, no one's done um, against the AFL. I, I admire the way he's worded things, the way he's just approached this entire thing, coming on a bit late. Um, 
I, I do have to wonder, though, like, whether or not this has been a good fight for us to pick, as you said. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a, a massive, massive... Well, it's already a massive thing. It's the biggest um, story in AFL ever. Um, so, yeah, I, I do wonder about Paul Little's sort of... Um, the way he's approaching this. I appreciate it. I, I think it's a fantastic sort of uh, uh, notion, I guess. But um, in terms of long-term effects, I'm not sure how it's going to affect us. It won't be positive, that's for damn sure. Yeah, F, have you got any thoughts on James Hurd and Paul Little? I think he... I think Hurd recently... I have to say, I've lost a little respect for him in the way that he talked about the AFL. I think he's uh, playing the victim uh, too much. Uh, I'm just... I don't think uh, it's uh, the right way he should have re- reacted to the charges. And I think Little's uh, been the same. Little's been the same. He's been too aggressive. I think he's screwed on this issue. And... Uh, I know a lot of people say, and in some cases I do as well, the best defense is a good offense. But not in this situation. We should be cutting our losses and trying to get it as easy as possible on the club. Yep. Um, there's... One other point I really want to make on this too, and to be honest, I don't want to hear again from the Essendon Football Club until they're willing to actually explain their side of the story, because it's all well and good for them to say that um, to rely on due process and all that sort of stuff, and you know, decline to comment. But as it stands, you know, the interim report's been done with Fasada, all the interviews have been done, we've been charged. It is time that Essendon actually stood up and explained their side of the story. Because at the yeah. moment, all we keep hearing is, you know, oh, you know, we're going to our side soon. And there's just so long we can actually cop that until we can actually have to, they actually have to do tell their side of the story. Yep, absolutely agree. And, you yep. know, I, I don't want to hear again from Heard and Paul Little saying how these charges are outrageous and all that sort of stuff. Either defend the charges, explain why they're outrageous, or don't, don't bother. Yeah, I want to see... Yeah. I want to see it just end. So I want Essendon's story. That's the one everyone's going to be interested in. I think hearing Essendon's side of the story is going to be enormous. It's probably going to be uh, a bigger sort of effect on general view than what the AFL's side is. The charges, the side of view, everything. I think it's going to be extremely, um, extremely interesting to read what Essendon or read here either way to um, to see what Essendon have actually got to say for what's actually happened here and got their get their uh, sort of view. On, on what's occurred at our club, I think that is going to be the, the telling uh, sort of thing. Whether, if we're going to hear that soon, I don't know, but I really generally hope that we do because that would be, um, that's going to be the massive thing. That's going to be the thing that's going to really be swaying opinions. Yeah, mm. what about you, F? Uh, I'm over it. I, yeah, it, it'll be, It'll be interesting to read the Essendon side of the story, but quite frankly, the, uh, they've had so long to rehearse it, it's going, uh, it may be just yada yada yada, we're all victims, yada yada yada. And if it's that, 
I will lose a lot of respect for this club that I love, really. Yeah, there's no doubt that we as supporters love this club, and it's probably why for this long we've been willing to tolerate the we'll tell our story eventually, but there comes a point where you know, you've got to man up and you've got to say what's actually happened, because at this stage... All we've got is a charge scene in front of us and Essence saying it's an ambush and it's absurd. Well, what is absurd about it? That's what we want to know. We want, you know, we want specifics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that might sound selfish and self-entitled and all that sort of stuff, but, you know, we are as we are the club, as the supporters, just as much as we are as the um, as Paul Little is and the various other staffers at the Essendon Football Club. Yeah. And... I just, you know, we want, we just want some clarity on this issue. And yeah. it's all well and good to say, because the main reason why we haven't seen, wanted, well, at least beforehand, we haven't wanted to see Heard stand down or anyone else stand down is because of, because of a lack of facts. However, the only, um, the only thing resembling any sort of facts that have been issued so far is the SM football, um, is the AFL releasing this statement of charges. Mm-hmm. And until Essendon actually, rebut this list of charges specifically, then as I see it, the current administration and uh, members of the football department, their positions are untenable. Yeah. But um, also I thought it was... And I can't stand back and just see um, how Bruce Reed's letter and his concerns were just pushed to the side as well. Yeah, that's I think, not right. I think um, that was one of the more damning things to come out of the, um, the list of yeah, I'll notice some charges. Um, given that letter, I'm, I'm confused how he's uh, being charged. I think he, I think the main concern the AFL have with him is that uh, a he didn't have the proper protocols in place, and b he informally uh, uh, what was it uh, accepted or approved the use of AOD nine six zero four. Yeah, seems like they even though a bit concerned about it. But even said that, I think um, Mark Thompson as well has a uh, fair reason to be um, to be aggrieved by the AFL's decision to charge him because the um, because what's the only thing that seems to be against him is a he told Dank in May of 2012 that the injections were stopped to stop, but he didn't follow through with it. However, they haven't highlighted a um, hierarchy of commands at the Essendon Football Club to say that you know Mark Thompson was in a position for. That Dane had to obey, yeah, and then following right. and following that, the other thing they really only have against Thompson is the fact that um he didn't follow HR processes or something like that, and you know pretty much they said, well, it's your fault that they hired him. And yeah, I've, you know, fair enough if the HR hasn't been followed to the letter and all that sort of stuff, but that's not enough to suspend someone for bringing the game into disrepute. Yeah, I think as we were mentioning last week in the podcast last week, as we said that when the charges were announced, that we thought the one against Mark Thompson was really left field. I think that's generally been proven to be correct. Um, from what you've just said, I think he, his, his uh, proposed suspension makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, the punishment has to fit the crime, is the main sort of thing that's been floating around at this point in time. And I think that's very much a case in point in terms of um, what uh, what Thompson's going through at this point in time. Um, I think he's been, his case is... Extremely strong on his side, and he's he's even said on TV um, that you know ninety percent of it is just absolute bullshit. Um, 
I think that's something that's going to be that fills a lot of Essendon fans with hope as to what um, is going to be happening with Bomber. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see how the AFL or anyone could make the charges against him stick. They're just too flimsy. Yeah, look, I think he'll defend to the hill his reputation. I think he'll, I think him and Reed, maybe to a lesser extent, will um, will manage to see through but I, I, I think Heard and Conqueron are in a bit of trouble. And yeah. also, yeah. also of interest in the uh, report, or oh, the, the charges from the AFL, it, lists, um, it was reported that there'd be other individuals as well who would face charges down the track. And there were, obviously, there was four other names, I think, that were mentioned who currently aren't at the club, so who obviously haven't been charged at this point. And those are Stephen Dank... Dean Robinson, Paul Hamilton, and Ian Robson. So mm-hmm. they look like the other four um, individuals who haven't come out this well. Yeah. So on the positive side, David Evans doesn't look like he's in any trouble at all. Yep. Uh, yep. None of the other assistant coaches look like they're going to be charged with anything, so that's probably good for Simon Goodwin's uh, career prospects. Yep. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, there's nothing really positive come out. I mean, for God's sake, apparently there was, um, one of the drugs used was a, you know, used an animal drug. Yeah, I read uh, that. that. Yeah, that for canines and horses. Yeah, I saw that. Why were you using it? Isn't it, some, I'll, I'll have a look at the proper name for it, but it's something like Loop for All. Yeah, that's the one. There's jeez, the amount of jokes on Twitter about that one. That was a ripper. Yeah, I thought that was a genuine lubricant, but no, apparently it's a fucking canine and <laughs> horse um, supplement. Yeah. There you go. Part of a racehorse. Exactly. That so. And I mean, if that sort of stuff has been administered, then I'm sorry, but most of the football department and the administration who were in charge of that need to go. Yeah, I think the main the same grace here is that so far there's been no real evidence to suggest that the players were given anything. That's the main thing. There's been no hard evidence laid down to say that, hey, you guys took this and here's the proof. Yep. So I think that's what Essendon's saving grace is at this point in time. Like, it's still a case of innocent until proven guilty. I mean, everyone knows that Essendon's done something wrong, but they just can't figure out what. But that said, the charges don't really relate too much to um, the drug taking or anything like that. It's just the bad sort of processes that we had. Having said that, the drugs are used. Um, drug. The fact that, that we were either using water prohibited substances or can't prove that we didn't, which I think you know is kind of dodgy in the fact that you know you have to prove that you didn't use them. But yeah. however, you know the fact that that's been mentioned and the, the AFL have relied on the internal reports. So I mean that will. They'll make a large part of any legal challenge that Heard or the football club do make. Yeah. And Heard has um, submitted a writ to the Supreme Court, so in the AFL, in particular, Andrew Demetrio and Gillan McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see what happens out of that, especially if um, McLaughlin and uh, Demetrio have to testify, because um, Heard has alleged that um, they were that he was in contact with, well, they were in contact with journalists um, with providing them information from the AFL investigation. Mm-hmm. So it'd be very interesting if they have to testify who they've talked to. Yeah, we can all imagine who. Uh, I think we have. I think we have a fair idea. Yeah. In any case, I think we'll wrap that up there with the Asada stuff because I mean, it's just 
when you've talked about it for seven months, I don't think people really want to hear it. I think after a while, you just got to stop and let it play out. Yeah, it's all opinions yeah. now, isn't it? It is all opinions, and it's all he said, she said, and the sooner it is over, the better, for everyone's sake. Yeah. So, again, we'll go back to an optimistic note before we finish up. So, what are we looking forward to this weekend? F? Um, hopefully beating Carlton. Yeah, yep. that's it. Hurt? Um, look, I'm just looking forward to getting out to the... Obviously, uh, having the big footy meet-up um, before the game this weekend will be a cracker. Um, always is a good time. Um, I think that uh, the game should be a decent spectacle, at least for a little bit. Um, it's always good to get away from the, the grind of our life and everything. When you're at the football and you're watching the team play, you're not thinking about the assault investigation. You're not worried about it. You're just watching the team. And you're watching you know, a group of boys that represent the club that we love. Um... I think that's that's always a, a highlight for my week is going to the footy and just um, just getting just getting to watch some football because you know soon enough it's going to be over again for another year and we're going to be wanting it back um, and that's the thing that's what the game's about it's not about drugs it's not about you know this is sort of crap it's not about bad governance it's about the game of football it's about watching a game of football and you know screaming to your heart's content and just just loving the game in general. I think that is something that a lot of Essendon supporters have completely forgotten about throughout this entire thing. I've got a lot of... Well, I've got a, one friend in particular who's just completely abandoned the club. He is no longer a supporter of Essendon Football Club and he decided um, not too long ago that he just didn't want to support us anymore. And that's a shit attitude to have. You've got to stand by the club. You've got to watch the boys play as best they can. You've got to just support the effort they're putting in. Everything that's gone wrong with this club... Um, there's going to be some positives to come out of it at some point. We just have to wait and see. We just have to watch the footy, have to enjoy the footy as best we can, I guess. Um, and if Carlton get a loss in the meantime, that would be fantastic. Yeah, just on your point about people dropping off and standing by the club, uh, I think it's important to realise that individuals may come and go. Uh, Dank's, you know, Dank's gone, Robinson's gone, Herb may go... Um, and others may go as well, but the club, the club remains, and this club has had players like Coleman, uh, Reynolds, Michael Long, Simon Madden, and it's you know, so you don't necessarily need to stand by these individuals, but stand by the club because the club's always going to be there, and the club's always going to provide great memories down the road, and just it's just it's a weak attitude. I can understand why people might not want to deal with this anymore, but just. I mean, I can, that's the only thing I can do is implore people to stick by the club and not, not you know, not the individuals within the club, but stick by the actual football club itself and the ideals that it stands upon. Absolutely. And anyway, you mentioned tank, um, the next tank gathering. Uh, for those who don't know, it's three o'clock at the London Hotel, oh, London Tavern Hotel, in Richmond. Uh, that begins at about three o'clock, but feel free to come any time up until about. Probably head off about ten past seven to the game. Um, despite the name, uh, you do not have to drink. Um, you know, it's not most people will be drinking because no doubt they're going to be aware of the belting that's probably going to happen to us later on. <laughs> and if you learn any lessons from last year's tank before the Carlton game, it is that you need a copious amount of alcohol to deal with any potential thrashing. So um, yeah, get along, even if you drink or you don't drink. If you're male, female. Post a lot on Big Footy. You don't post a lot on Big Footy. It's just fantastic to put a 
you know, a few faces to names and it's it's always a fantastic experience when you meet um when you get to, you know, sit around for a few hours with people who are as passionate about football as you are. And it's always, it's a great day, so get along to it. F that's directed at you as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and um so yeah, three o'clock at the London Tavern Hotel in Richmond. It's only a stone's throw away from the MCG, and the closest station is Richmond Station. Check out the um, Tanked 4 Drinking the Game into Disrepute thread on the Essendon board if you want further details on that and who is actually going at this point. But in any case, uh, just another housekeeping news. Once again, uh, this podcast is available on iTunes, so you can listen, listen on your way to work or whatever it is you do. Um, probably not the gym, as speculated last week, but I am open to suggestions. And uh, so I just want to thank F and Hers My Hero for coming in. It's always a pleasure. No worries. Thank you for having me. Yep. And as always, see the bombers fly up. The teams, they don't fear. They all try their best, but they can't get near.